As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Today on The Travel Guys... In the travel news, Southwest adds flights to Palm Springs in Kona, Hawaii this fall. And we have the latest episodes of People Behaving Badly on Planes, next in the news. At 3.20, we make you a smarter traveler with an update from Hawaii's governor about travel to the Aloha State. New CDC requirements for vaccinated travelers on public transportation. And a quick look at where the cruise ships stand. We already had a positive test on board with one. At 3.35, we're joined by Chris Elliott, one of the country's premier consumer advocates. We address how those who are renting their homes out to others are charging some really outrageous fees. Your Airbnb rental could end up costing a lot more than the original quoted price. Mark's been part of last week on tour with a group along the Columbia River in the Pacific Northwest. He has a number of observations and a few recommendations for those who are about to head out on a summer travel adventure. That's at 3.50. Here to keep you informed on what might happen when you travel before you leave home. We are the Travel Guys. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, live on the radio. <laughs> Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, your hosts, We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for uh, for tuning in and joining us joining us for a, another adventure of the Travel Guys. Mark, uh, how's it going there at Sports Leisure? Uh, I'm guessing you're probably pretty busy about now. Things well, kind of yeah, changing. Well, yeah, where people are kind of starting to travel again, so... It still is a little difficult because not every restaurant or every attraction or every road or every everybody is back 100% yet. But uh, we're slogging through it and getting some people, as you mentioned, we mentioned in the headlines there. Um, I was out on the road myself last week, 
and I have some more observations for people who are about to head out on the road themselves, whether they're going with a group of people or they're just going uh, by themselves or maybe they're headed out on a business trip or st- something like that. We have uh, some first kind of some firsthand observations as things get going here. And uh, basically, it's, it, it comes down to the same thing we've always talked about here, and that is making sure that you allow yourself enough time to be able to negotiate things even when something doesn't go perfectly. And right now, a lot of things are not going perfectly. So if you, get, if you travel and you get from A to B and back again and everything goes exactly the way it's supposed to, <laughs> you're going to probably be the exception rather than the rule. So remember that F word again. You know, be flexible. Yes, be flexible, the F word. Uh, the, and right now, more true uh, than ever. By the way, uh, links to our special guests on the program, as well as other information to make you a smarter traveler always, can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. And at the top of every Travel Guys Radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with that being said, here's Mark with the travel news. Mark. And some good stuff this week. Uh, as, Paul, as Southwest moved into Palm Springs a couple of months ago and announced that they would be offering some flights there, I kind of sat here and wondered, wow, I wonder if we'll get any Palm Springs flights. Palm Springs, for those of you who don't know, your Southern California geography is only about 50 minutes from Ontario Airport. So, and, you know, you've got four airports on the other, five airports there um, on the other side of the hill in Southern California. But, indeed, uh, Sacramento, there must be a market there because Southwest has announced that starting uh, in, in October, there are going to be two flights a day, every day but Saturday. There will be one on Saturday uh, to and from Palm Springs. So add another destination that it will be super easy for Sacramentans to get to. What particular location will they uh, will they be flying into? I'm not familiar with the, you know, where you would land in. Uh, well, Palm the Springs. airport in Palm Springs is pretty downtownish, um, so it's a really convenient spot. You know, you can it, it's it's sort of like San Diego, except you don't fly past buildings where you can see people eating breakfast on the way in. Um, <laughs> it's it's a little safer approach in Palm Springs. Not a huge airport. So Southwest, if Southwest puts in 15, 20 flights a day there, which is what it sounds like, why they're probably pretty much going to dominate the airport. And so good thing. I mean, it's, it really is a good thing. We had, if you remember, we had a small airline that was providing Condor, that was providing some service um, to Palm Springs. But uh, the bigger carriers now are starting to look at some of these leisure spots because they don't have the business travelers filling up the business destinations. So they're falling all over each other to try to find the leisure locations where maybe there's room for one more airline. And indeed, Southwest, in addition to Palm Springs, announced flights to Kona, uh, Hawaii. They will not be, those will start in December, a week before Christmas. Uh, They will not run every day. Let's see, uh, this doesn't say, I think it's four, four days a week going over to Kona. So that sounds pretty cool. Uh, Fares for the end of December. Now, remember, if you're going to go at Christmas this year, we say this every year, but people couldn't go at Christmas last year. So my suggestion to you is that if you're going to go somewhere at Christmas and you can get a refundable fare and it's reasonable and you can afford to buy it now, then my suggestion to you is buy it. And then you don't have to worry about it. Uh, Some other airplane stories here, I'm afraid not as positive as new service, um, Southwest had another emergency on a plane last week. 
um, where a this is a little bit bizarre. A woman allegedly hit her male traveling companion in the head with her cell phone, and the cell phone exploded and Whoa. caught on fire. No. And yes. And oh my gosh. So, um, <laughs> um, the cell phone was spitting out sparks and smoking and a few little flames on the plane, and so uh, the plane was on its way um, from Dallas to Fort Lauderdale, diverted to Pensacola, and when they were there, a lovely a lovely group of folks were there to greet the people with the cell phone and um, whisk them off, I'm sure, to a luxury hotel for a all-pay-expenses-paid seven-week, seven-day vacation, or perhaps not. Um, if you cause something, you know, the other thing is, remember the airlines? We talked about this a few years ago. Remember a couple of the airlines said they were going to charge the people who created the need for the emergency landing because they have to pay the airport they land at. Right. And mm-hmm. Then they got to refuel and stuff like that. So they were going to charge people for no the boy. cost of those. I would say that would be an excellent way to go here. Never mind the FAA fines. Just charge the people the cost of putting the airplane down and back up and all the overtime and everything they caused, and that'll probably get their attention quickly. Meanwhile, over on American Airlines, um, a well, Delta Airlines also had a, an emergency landing in Oklahoma City when a guy got up and grabbed the uh, PA system and decided that he was going to be a flight attendant. So they wrestled him to the ground and, and, and went down in Oklahoma City and took him off. American Airlines was on their way to Charlotte with a cross-country flight, and when they got to, uh, they had to put down in Raleigh, they had to divert to Raleigh, and when that happened, there were some people on board who were not very happy and really took it out on the flight attendants, and one of the flight attendants took the PA system and took it out on the passengers. So, um, folks, um, if you're on an airplane... Behave yourself, because the alter- if you don't behave yourself on an airplane when you get to the ground and you sober up, uh, your life is going to have changed dramatically, and I'm afraid to tell you that it won't be for the good. You know, I don't understand why people, or I should I let me put it this way, I don't understand don't understand how people can ignore the fact that they're on on private property mm-hmm. when they board a an airline. Uh, and that it is government regulated, and that you're not—you uh, you don't have free will to do whatever whatever you want, you know. Yeah, you're thirty-five thousand feet up in the sky, and it's not like you can—it's like you can get mad and run out the front door, because I mean, I guess you could run out the front door, but it's, that's probably not going to end well for you either. What do they just forget? Oh, I forgot I was on an airplane, and I can't I, hit somebody upside the head I, with you anything. You know, I don't know what it is that, that suddenly we have five times as many incidents on planes as we've ever had in the past. So, I, I mean, is this all over wearing a mask? Is I it? I, 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 I just, perhaps, I honest to God. Perhaps we should invite somebody who might or has uh, done something like this to... Uh, <laughs> You know, go to go to travelguysradio.com. There's a little message board there, and you can uh-huh. you can tell us what you did and and volunteer to come on our program and let's talk about it. <laughs> we'll counsel you. You're, yeah, ex- exactly. You're losing it. Uh, more, no more masks will be needed indoors for Walt for Disney World's vaccinated guests. Disney World in Florida says starting June 15th. Uh, they're going to start peeling back some of their COVID-19 precautions. So if you're vaccinated, you won't have a mask. 
They're not going to check for proof of vaccination, so I'm not sure how all of that is going to work. Globus Cosmos, one of the biggest tour companies on the planet, is going to require vaccination for a limited time. They have said that uh, they feel that because of the uncertainty of being able to know who is vaccinated and who isn't, story we're just talking about, um, Globus says through the end of October, if you want to travel with them on one of their group departures, you will have to be able to show proof of vaccination, not just a test. You will have to be able to show that you're vaccinated. What's your thoughts on, uh, and I've, I've had this asked two or three times here just in the last couple of days to me, didn't have the answer. This is, we'll check with Mark. Let us know what the travel guys uh, are hearing. Uh, Southwest, all the airlines were coming up on this, uh, opening up on the 15th. No more masks. Uh, everything is kind of going back to normal what do you what's the airlines the tsa and the airports going to be doing uh we have a funny you should ask that question but in the next segment we're going to actually talk about the cdc has knocked down the mask requirements when you're not on the plane or if you're not inside the ferry boat so they're relaxing it a little bit but i'm afraid that what's going to happen tom is that People are going to say, well, you don't have to wear a mask anywhere else. How come I have to wear one on an airplane? And if this rule goes on into September, I'm afraid that the lives of flight attendants and stuff is going to get more difficult. But hopefully what will happen is in a couple weeks, maybe this will get relaxed a little bit. If everybody, again, if everybody will just exhale a little bit, um, this, I mean, really and truly, you want to put your entire life on the line because you're not willing to wear a mask for three hours on an airplane? Is that really what you want to do? Because if you want to, the airlines are ready to meet you head on. So, I mean, they've had enough of it, and they're done with their flight attendants getting abused and their teeth knocked out and stuff. So they're going to stick it to people now who are not going to behave on an airplane. And what about those of us who just get on the airplane and sit down and mind our own business and get from point A to point B? You know, we're not really appreciative of those of you who get on the plane and can't behave yourself and, in essence, put our lives at risk because you're doing things on the airplane that are, are not appropriate. So... You know, you do something on my airplane and they ask me to testify against you, you're going to jail. Guarantee you, right now. AAA has added an inspected clean hotel designation to its diamond program. So in addition to AAA, which is traditionally rated hotels one through five diamonds, they are going to add an inspected clean if the hotel meets certain uh, in, uh, cleanliness inspection critique. They will be they will be able to have this extra label as being uh, inspected clean and no chips no tips the computer shortage is starting to affect the restaurant industry in an unusual way those point of sale units that the waiters and waitresses use to take your order and get it immediately to the kitchen well guess what the computer chips for those are in short supply and there are no more units and so tom we should try to get our buddy randy perigary and see if he would come on and talk to us a little bit about this little problem. I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, yeah, I'd be curious to know whether they're just going to uh, not use them at all or they have enough supply to be able to continue doing whatever it is that they do. I will look into that. That's that's fascinating. I, yeah. I remember the um, olden days when the server would take the order and they would actually go and put it up on that round thing, you know, and turn it around so the cook could see it. And uh, But now the point of sale things obviously mean better service. But if they can't be used, is that going to be a problem um, for restaurants? Okay, something real quick here. Delta Pilot, 
goes to pick up a plane in the desert. You know, the airlines had parked a lot of airplanes when COVID started. So now they're putting a lot of them back in service. So a Delta pilot and, and his crew go to pick up an airplane in the desert. They get in on board the airplane, and they find this note that a fellow pilot left at the beginning of the pandemic. He says, hey, pilots, it's March 23rd, 2020, and we just arrived from Minneapolis, St. Paul. Very chilling to see so much of our fleet here in the desert. If you're here to pick it up, then the light must be at the end of the tunnel. Amazing how fast it changed. Have a safe flight, safe flight, bringing her out of storage. And then he signs it, uh, Captain Chris Dennis and the crew. Um, so that was kind of a kind of a neat little story, I thought. And that is your travel news for today. There you go. Oh, and the note note ended with a P.S. that says, "Oh, by the way, uh, I, I used all the fuel. You're gonna need to put some in before you go anywhere." And there's right? no toilet paper in the bathroom. <laughs> there you go. Well, all right. We are Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys. And uh, coming up after the break, we're gonna. That's our smarter traveler segment. We're gonna go over what's going on in Hawaii. Is the Aloha State? up and going what's the latest from the cdc on requirements for vaccinated travelers and uh, and a lot more that's next here on the travel guys on the road again yeah you can find us at travelguysradio.com 24 7 we are the travel and entertainment guys mark and tom and it's time for our Smarter Traveler segment. Mark, uh, you, what you got you, for us today? You stay up all night and, and manage that website thing, huh? 24-7. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm on wow. it, baby. That's, sure. that's, that's, un, that's unbelievable. The, de- the level of dedication is just... Oh, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. That's, I, I wish we could afford to compensate you for that, but unfortunately, I know. We're, we're kind of a non-profit here at the Travel Guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for, for uh, listen, about a year and, and a half. <laughs> yeah, you asked about uh, face mask requirements. And the yeah. CDC last week says, um, it, it, I guess this kind of would have made sense before, but they've clarified the fact that if you are, like, for example, I have a trip that goes up and rides the ferry boats in Washington State next month. So they have said if you're on the outside deck of a ferry boat, don't have to wear a mask. Um, if you are outside in an outside area in a bus terminal or an airline in an airport or something like that don't have to wear a mask uh if you're inside unfortunately or you're on one of those transportation vehicles then for now you still have to wear a mask and that uh goes into september my guess as i said before is that once we get opened around the country we don't have a huge flare-up in the next week or two. They're going to give the flight crews a break, and they're going to say, all right, um, we're going to relax this mask policy. But, of course, that depends on the fact that uh, that we don't have an outbreak. And what we're reading now in hospitals and stuff like that, the people who are showing up in hospitals are in lower numbers. And the reason is because only the people who are not vaccinated are the ones who are showing up in hospitals. People who are vaccinated who are getting sick, are having a truly are having a case of the flu and are recovering from it so um it's not too late to get that vaccine and uh save yourself and the people around you anyway the cdc says that uh, in outdoor situations transportation wise you can take the mask off it's a small step but it's a step in the right direction and i think we'll probably see something more 
pretty quickly. Uh, two Royal Caribbean cruise passengers tested positive for COVID-19. The first uh, cruise sailed out of St. Martin. And uh, it was a seven-day cruise. They had a couple people test positive on board. These folks were all tested and vaccinated before they got on board. Now, remember, the vaccine is not 100% that you're not ever going to get COVID. So Johnson & Johnson's around 70% efficacy, and it seems like Moderna and Pfizer are around 85 90%. So that means that some people ultimately will get that, will still get the disease. But that you won't be as sick from it and that your chances of infecting other people who have been vaccinated are going to be much slimmer. So far, just the two cases on board. Uh, Cruise Line says they're going to fly the people who are involved um, back to uh, home port and take care of them. Uh, Again, first couple of people, this is going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen. So if if you're thinking of cruising, what matters now is how these guys respond to this. And how they take care of it. And are they in a position to contain it? And if they are, then that's going to make a big difference as to whether or not people are willing to get back on cruise ships. There you Jeff. go. Now, the Caribbean uh, the Caribbean cruise, the one mm-hmm. where the two people, if I'm not mistaken, they were cabin mates. Yes. Yes, they were. So wherever they were exposed, they were exposed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then it becomes a little bit of contact tracing issue uh on on the on the boat okay well and they they can find the people immediately and like i said um ultimately they they flew them back on a private plane so it sounds like i i I, at least in this instance that the cruise line was prepared for some eventualities that might occur along the way and those are things are going to happen people are going to get on and you're going to have an infection and it's going to depend on how the cruise line does that tracking and tracing and how they handle it uh, and these first few ones are going to determine how many people are willing to get back on cruise ships for the next year or two without any question. All right, let's go yeah. one more place here before we run out of time <clears throat> to Hawaii, where um, the Honolulu mayor has approved a move ahead to uh, Tier 4, which means larger groups of people can can meet, uh, more places can be opened, they can have more people inside of them, etc., uh, the governor also backs it up, says that, um, as we said, starting the middle of this month, you will be able to fly inner island without additional testing. You've been tested to get over there. So a little at a time, Hawaii is opening up. But the one thing I really want to emphasize is that there is still a requirement that you be tested before you go to Hawaii or you're going to face a quarantine. So do your homework. Make sure no matter where you're going, if it's Hawaii or we're going to talk at the end of the program. I went up to Oregon next week and found that tremendously different than Nevada was a couple of weeks earlier. So um, when you're going someplace you haven't been for a while, uh, you're not going to know what the COVID situation is until you get there in terms of how people are responding to it, what the rules are, etc. So do your homework. Really important. So you're saying, uh, as it stands right now, still to go to Hawaii or any of the islands, uh, you either have to have a vaccine or a COVID test that is up to date, and you need to have the results before you get on the plane, and not just when you finally show up there. So yeah, same same uh, rules that have applied for the last couple months. Okay, all right. Uh, you know, I was thinking about those people on the cruise that caught COVID and so forth, and you know, people that may try to 
fudge their way on. You know, they ought to just set them adrift <laughs> in a, a, a small boat, and I think that would probably discourage uh, hey. certainly anybody trying to cheat their way on anyhow. Coming up after okay. the news, we're going to have Chris Elliott, and he's going to talk about uh, people, you know, hotels. We've been giving them a bad time about adding on fees. Well, it appears as though people who are renting homes are doing the same thing. All right, that's coming up next here on the Travel Guys right after the news. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. If you have planned to motor west. Hey there, it's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. We are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. As always, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Uh, links to our special guests and all kinds of great stuff to make you a smarter traveler and entertain is found at TravelGuysRadio.com. And it's time to bring back our number one consumer advocate, Mr. Chris Elliott, here to the Travel Guys. Chris, hello again. Hello again. Nice to be with you guys. Hey, Christopher, it's uh, good to talk to you, my friend. You're on the eastern side of the country somewhere, right? I am, yes. I'm in Arlington, Virginia. You wrote a column a few days ago uh, talking about warnings about vacation rental fees about how people are being incredibly creative. We have learned well from the airlines and the hotels, and now those of us who rent our homes out have discovered that we, too, can add ridiculous fees and uh, pricing to, to things and get people to pay for them. So it's, a, it's sort of that trickle-down thing. We, we learned from, from the best. I'm, of course, being a little <laughs> bit sarcastic here and kind of teasing. Uh, but, Chris, you're really not. You talked a lot about some of the screwball charges that are ending up on some of these rentals but worse yet that the charges aren't really always clear up front share some of your thoughts if you would yeah unfortunately that's what we've been finding is that when you you know rent a, a vacation rental you're presented with a price up front and you say oh this is great you know 168 dollars for a, a nice three-bedroom place and then as you go through the booking process it starts to add more fees. First, you have the taxes. You can't avoid those, although there are mechanisms that can, can quote a rate that include taxes. But, and then on top of that, you have these very newish and very creative fees, such as transaction fees, convenience fees, processing fees. Uh, and then also, if you're showing up with more than two people, they will charge you extra per day per guest. Which sometimes, I mean, you can almost understand if you're going to have more people in the house, there, there might be more expenses in terms of utilities. But if you're, you know, renting a place that's got four bedrooms, you'd expect there, there to be uh, enough utilities there being covered for four guests. But then you find that that $168 rate goes up by 20 or $40 a day. And by the end of it, you're, you're, the cost of your vacation rental doubled. Well, it seems as to me that one of the attractiveness, one of the attractive things about a vacation rental is over a hotel is that, you know, again, you would get a lot of amenities that you wouldn't get in a hotel. It is now a seller's market for a vacation rental. And so you have people who know that they've got you where they want you and that they can charge you whatever they want. Uh, Chris, uh, let me play devil's advocate here for a moment, you know. Uh... I have done some Airbnb, I've rented places and so forth, and when I look uh, at the property, uh, I go through all the details, uh, and, and they're usually easily easy to find, 
what they're going to charge you for, like you say, taxes, and uh, they'll have some sort of cleaning fee uh, and, and all of that. And it's, it's always easy to locate. And I will go ahead and take a look at the total amount and, uh, and decide whether that's, that's for me. These people, in, it seems to me, in most cases, are putting all of that stuff up front. Now, what you're talking about, where after you've checked out, they come back and, and say, well, it wasn't as clean as it was supposed to be, and, and we found that the cushions weren't properly put back on the couch in the same order they were when you rented, and, and all of those fees are unrealistic, uh, and that's definitely gaffing people. But, you know, I argue that sometimes it looks like everything is pretty much in place it's just like a hotel you'll have the basic price and then it's like well how much is the tax for all five days and what is the resort fee for all five days you get the total amount that went from 500 to 900 dollars and then you decide am i going to stay there or not right and, and I, I i see your point the problem is that once you have decided on a place you're already emotionally invested in it and um the travel industry knows this. They've done a lot of research. They know that once people have decided, they see that really lovely house on the beach, that uh, it's really difficult to then abandon the booking, um, particularly if you've got to explain that to your husband, your wife, your kids, your best friends. And I didn't want to get that place because they were going to charge me extra. Yeah. So they yeah. know that once they've got you with a, with a pretty photo and in uh, the low rate that they've hooked you. And, um, so this is, this is something that the Federal Trade Commission calls drip pricing, which is quoting you a low rate and then going through the booking process and adding more and more fees until you get to the end and you're, you're paying 20, 30, 40% more than you thought you were going to pay. And that's one kind of evil. The second kind, though, is, as I mentioned before, is delay charges. If you check out and they go, oh, we're going to take a little bit more from you now. Um, so it really is this summer, especially if you're running a vacation rental, it's buyer beware. You know, Chris, uh, what you're talking about is exactly what goes on with people when they get ready to buy an automobile. The one ninety nine, one hundred ninety nine dollar lease for three years for thirty thousand miles, and by the time you go in and you start doing the paperwork, and they start adding on all the extras, uh, now it's three hundred and forty three dollars and not one ninety nine. And here again, same deal. You drove the car. You fell in love with it. You know, the, the passion's there. Your emotions are involved. Uh, and, and, and people, can, on a day-to-day -day basis, walk out the door paying twice what they were originally, what, what they saw in that ad yep. that brought them in at $199 a month. Now, does the Federal Trade Commission, seeing that you're a consumer advocate for pretty much everything, is uh, is there is there no regulations for that kind of stuff? Is it different than it is for, let's say, a uh, vacation rental? There are regulations in place against uh, unfair and deceptive practices, uh, and, and you know you can't lie about a price. Uh, those are regulated by both the federal government and states. There are a variety of laws in place, but really, what you're talking about is an all-in price, and that is not um, required anywhere there are some countries that require for example australia requires a when you see a price you have to actually be able to pay the, the business actually has to be able to sell you an item at that price and if not it's illegal and the business could be fine 
And I think that's really what we should be doing here. Um, you know, a lot of people will tell me, uh, you know, Chris, this this is really free enterprise at its, at its best. Is that if you know if, if the market will, can handle this kind of pricing, then we should be allowed to price our products like this. I think it's the exact opposite. I think that lying is not uh, is not part of our DNA as as a, an entrepreneurial society. And you know, we should all be paying what we the price that we see. It shouldn't. We shouldn't be able. We shouldn't be able to lie to get someone's business. And I think that runs contrary to our system of free enterprise. It just is not, this is not what people thought of when they thought of free enterprise is, is, is having people um, try to fake you into buying a product. Thanks, Luis. I'm talking to myself and nobody's hearing me, huh? Well, okay. I, was going to interrupt, I was going to interrupt you, but I was afraid that I would interrupt you when no one was listening and then I wouldn't hear you. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. That was probably part of our best show, about 10 seconds of nothing. Yeah. Well, oh, but, okay. I... So, so Chris, Chris, you know, all of you folks who are, isn't it interesting, all of these folks who have been, let's say, screwed by hotels over the years with these fees, they've decided that they're going to get it back now from the people who are renting from them. And isn't it interesting, the shoe's on the other foot. When people check into a hotel, the resort fee and all that stuff, oh, man, they grouse about it and everything. But now when they have the chance to stick it to somebody else, that's exactly what's happening. There you go. By the way, Chris Elliott, uh, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. We've got links to him. He's a consumer advocate, not just for travel, but for lots of stuff as well. Uh, to TravelGuysRadio.com. And, uh, and next week or the week after, we, we have uh, the second half of the interview we did with Chris uh, that uh, has a lot, of more, a lot more stuff to make you a smarter traveler. Mark, I know you're out on the road with Sports Leisure Vacations, taking people places. Yo. How about some baseball? Uh, well, uh, funny you should mention that, Thomas. Uh, before we go to the break here, I will tell folks, that uh, Sports Leisure Vacations has seats on, too. If you're looking for something to do over the 4th of July holiday, a day trip down to a Giants or A's baseball game, the A's are entertaining the Boston Red Sox on July the 4th, and the Giants are entertaining the St. Louis Cardinals on July the 5th. They are both day games, so you will be home in the evening if you're going to watch fireworks on the night of the 4th while you'll be back in time, plenty of time to be able to do that. Uh, A's and Red Sox on the 4th, Giants and Cardinals on the 5th. The packages include game tickets in the lower level, transportation to the ballpark, refreshments on board. Uh, it's the only way to go to the ballpark or the theater or anything like that. It's a super simple way. You don't have to get your tickets. You don't have to worry about parking, all of that jazz. Sports Leisure Vacations. Giants and Cardinals on the 5th, A's and Red Sox on the 4th. Give us a call on Monday. We have a few seats left on both trips. All right, coming up, let's see here. Mark spent uh, part of uh, about of a week ago with a, a group of his travelers up in the Columbia River in the Pacific Northwest. He's got uh, some observations and some recommendations for you if you plan to take that trip on your own. That's all coming up next here on The Travel Guys. You're listening to Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, here every Sunday from 3 to 4. You can find us at TravelGuysRadio.com. 
Uh, also, podcasts available there. And uh, we're all over uh, iHeart uh, Radio, too. Uh, you can if you happen to be on the road out of, out of the old range of the transmitter here in Sacramento. You can pick us up on iHeart Radio uh, every Sunday at 3 and podcasts there as well. Okay, a little potpourri time with Mark. Mark, what you got? Well, let's see here. Uh, before we talk about the Pacific Northwest, I had a couple of, of odds and ends things here. Um, travelers, it's this article says, are shifting away from online travel agencies uh, since the COVID pandemic. And, and it's, it's not it really it makes perfect sense. This is the deal. People booked with a lot of their travel with these online agencies. Well, when when things go right and you got a good price from, you know, TripAdvisor.com or Booking.com or something, everything is seamless and it's perfect. But when things don't go right and there's a pandemic and travel companies are not giving refunds like they're supposed to and stuff, try talking to your computer and telling it that you need to get a refund or talking to a bot or someone on a phone line that's in a foreign country, perhaps is or isn't real good at at English. Um, These are the things you deal with when you get into the online travel agencies. And so it's not surprising that trends are showing that folks now are going back to the old school brick and mortar people and saying, you know what, if this person's going to charge me $100 to put together this vacation, and then they're going to be there if anything goes wrong because people compare notes. So what happened was, you know, Joe went and bought his vacation and he didn't get a refund. And Susie went and bought her vacation and she had a travel advisor and her travel advisor got her 75% back or got her a voucher with extra value or got her whatever it was that she was looking for. So it doesn't surprise me that people are looking more to professional travel advisors, even though that may come at a small cost, because at the end of the game, it's better to pay a little bit more for expertise up front and have that expertise at the end of the day. That would just be my call. All right. Great advice. Great advice. Uh, Okay. Let's see. We promised folks we were going to talk a little bit about your trip up uh, the Columbia River into the Pacific Northwest. Uh, How did that go? What did you do? And what observations did you make? And what recommendations do you have, Mr. Mark? Well, went well. Went well. Um, It reinforces my thought that if you're looking for a close place to get away from home, that the opportunity to go to the Pacific Northwest, we have two airlines serving Portland, three airlines serving Seattle. So it's easy to get there. The fares are reasonably inexpensive. And close to those cities is a plethora of great things to do, even if you just went up the Puget Sound and spent the weekend riding the ferry boats back and forth across the Sound. uh, It would be a very inexpensive vacation, and you'd have a great time. Uh, We went to Hood River, which is a little town about 50 miles east of Portland. So it's about a little less than an hour. It's We stayed right on the Columbia River at a wonderful place, a uh, uh, the Hood River Best Western. I don't often use Best Western hotels, but sometimes when you're in small cities, the Best Western is the best of the lot. And Best Western now has a system where their better hotels are given a designation of plus or premier. So if you see that on a Best Western, you know that, This is a hotel that has been graded as one of their better properties. So this hotel right on the river, everybody in our group had a beautiful view of the Columbia River, which, of course, along with the Mississippi is, you know, Missouri, the great rivers of the country, great history. Lewis and Clark um, came down that river a couple of hundred years ago. So uh, Hood River is a wonderful little town. Because it's only an hour from Portland, it's a big getaway, especially on the weekends. 
So if you're going to go up to Portland, you're going to go up to Seattle, my suggestion to you is go during the middle of the week if you can. Avoid Friday night and Saturday night because those are going to be more expensive. We've talked before on the show how Sunday night is the least expensive hotel night at most hotels. However, Sunday is not necessarily the lowest day for airfare. So those two don't line up real well. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are traditionally high nights for business travelers, but guess what? There aren't a lot of business travelers back yet. So find yourself a hotel that's dependent on business travelers. The first part of the week, they're not going to have any leisure travelers. Their rates are probably going to be fairly attractive right now. That might be the last bargain left, business hotels that are not being filled by business travelers right now. So if you travel the middle of the week, and again, these Pacific Northwest destinations have just, you've got Vancouver just across the river from Portland, which has much less expensive hotel accommodations than downtown Portland. Uh, as you go east along the Columbia River, there are all kinds of communities and dams and locks and river cruises and uh, meal cruises and a train you can take out of Hood River. So you could do a lot worse um, to find you go a little further up the river, you've got Pendleton, which is really cowboy country. Um, they will give you a tour of their underground city there. If you cross over the river to Washington State, as we did, um, you can go to the Mary Hill Museum, which for a small town museum near Goldendale, Washington, has a wonderful collection of art, particularly of uh, Monet uh items they also uh there is a replica of stonehenge up there which is a tribute to uh, uh world war one veterans lovely lots of, of beautiful wineries up there you can go wine tasting the views of the columbia river on both sides are just spectacular so really and truly um inexpensive stay away from the weekends if you possibly can because that will make uh, not only your hotel accommodations easier, but it'll make it easier to get in to restaurants. And remember, car rentals right now are really the bugaboo. Um, they're really the expensive things. So if you can figure out a way. We learned, Tom, that when we went up to Mount Hood on one of our tours, that you can get from downtown Portland all the way to the lodge at Mount Hood on public transportation. Good for Oregon. No kidding. Yeah, probably. And your skis with you. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Absolutely. During yeah, you the wintertime, yeah. Yeah, you can take your, your bike with you in the summer, your skis with you in winter. In fact, our guide made it a point to say they use special buses that get you up to the lodge from Gresham in order to, uh, that will accommodate a lot of that extra gear and, and stuff like that. So leave it to the people in Portland to think of that. But anyway, we had a wonderful time. Thanks to all the folks that went with us. It was a special trip. 42nd anniversary for Sports Leisure Vacations, uh, the tour company that supports this program. So we had a really, really good time. Really recommend the uh, Hood River Best Western Plus that's there on the river. And also, if you go up there, Hood River is a really eclectic little town. So make sure you allow yourself enough time to walk around downtown. If you're in your 20s or 30s, you may, maybe want to allow yourself two nights to walk around downtown because uh, it's really kind of a, a sort of a, a fun little place. Hood River, Oregon, definitely a p place that you should put on your, your visiting list for somewhere down the road. Now, I would imagine that you probably want to make sure to uh, have at least one of uh, your suitcases with a little spare spare space, because I would imagine there's a lot of really great uh, shopping and, and unique, uh, you know, antique shops and such to, to shop in. They're known for the... Their fruit up there, and the, it's called the Fruit Loop, the Hood River Fruit Loop. You can go up and visit 
many of the fruit growers up there. And, of course, yeah, you're right. Many of them have gift shops. And besides just the fruit, they have jam and jelly and honey and all those things. Yes, make sure that you take uh, extra clothing so you can wrap all your treasures so they make it back home. Did you find places to to dine uh, relatively uh, available uh, on uh, this particular That's outage. a challenge. The people in Oregon are still under, the counties that we are in up there, we're still under dining restrictions, so 50% indoors. So it it, it, it is still a little bit, you've, 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 again, you've got to do your homework. You might be better off having uh, breakfast and then instead of lunch having an early dinner, something like that, and not having to fight the crowds. Let me throw a couple things in here real quickly, Tom. Uh, quickly, Canada. Uh, we had talked about maybe the border might open. I really strongly believe that the border with Canada will be open in some way by the middle of July. They're now talking about a way to get it open with testing and for folks that are vaccinated and stuff like that. And I also want to mention that the Lincoln Highway Association, uh, the California chapter, is going to have their uh, summer meeting July the 10th. It'll be here locally at a historic spot on the old highway. So uh, if you write me a note at TravelGuysRadio.com, I will send you information on the Lincoln Highway Summer Chapter Meeting. All right. Next week on the Travel Guys, we're going to have a short list of the most important things you're going to need to know before you head out to the airport to take that little vacation. Things have dramatically changed, and uh, you need to know about them. That's coming up next weekend here on the Travel Guys. And remember, dance like nobody's watching. Stay well, my friends. We'll see you next week. Traveler is always leaving town. You never